Welcome back to Chasing Perfection, the first episode of the season. Finally, we've made it, we've had games, and there's actual basketball that we can talk about. So, first, I just have to admit that I'm an idiot, because when we went through our lineup predictions last episode, I didn't have Paige Beckers in there. And clearly, she made me look very, very stupid through those first two games, Megan. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I had her in there, so I guess heads off to me, but I mean... Look, we, just... look we knew you're the smart one in here. You don't need to rub it in. <laughs> I mean, but I think even, like, as someone that had her in the study led up, just those first two games were well beyond my, like, wildest expectations of what she would look like to start the season. Yeah, she was legitimately their best player in the first two games, and it wasn't even particularly close. She's so good on offense, just with the way that she can find spaces and pass the ball. And she has so many different ways that she can shoot. Like, she knows which shot to put up every time she's going to the basket. Like, you think about the play that she had at the end of the third quarter of the Seton Hall game where she drives the length of the court and kind of has that off-balance jumper to get it off before the buzzer. But then sometimes she'll just drive and lay it up. Uh, Then she'll pull up at the free throw line a lot. She had a floater against Seton Hall. There's so many ways that she attacks defenses. And she wasn't, like, stellar for 80 minutes either. She did have some ups and downs, but just nothing seemed to fluster her. If you didn't know anything about UConn and – we're just watching the game. You probably would have guessed that Paige Beckers is the most experienced player on the team. And she's played in two college basketball games ever. I think her performances were higher than I think even the most diehard UConn fan could have imagined. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, I've been saying I've been trying to taper my expectations, like not get them too high because there's all this hype around her, but she's only you know, 18 years old, hasn't played a college game yet. And I think that she had a really tall order to try to live up to the hype to start the season. And I mean, she just did and maybe even went beyond it because I think even people that have her up on this, like the highest pedestal already still probably didn't expect her to be this good in her first and second games of the season. It's just insane. Like you said, she can do so many different things on offense, but also has like the knowledge to know when she should pass it to when she shouldn't shoot it. So is really really strong offensive game and she's been super efficient she's leading the team in scoring because she's taken a lot of points but she's also been very efficient obviously a small sample size but she's 11th in the country right now for points per scoring attempt after two games at 1.68 which is a very high number so just really great start to the season for her yeah it's incredible that she's just this good off the bat and obviously it's a very long season so who knows if this even sustains but like you mentioned i think it's really impressive the way that she already kind of has a feel for when to take her own shot and when to pass it and that was something that even someone like crystal dangerfield was still being pushed by gino as a junior and as a senior to take more shots to get her own more often instead of passing first and i think we saw a really good balance from Paige where, yeah, she has an open shot and she's going to take it or UConn needs a bucket. She's going to go get it, but she's also going to put her teammates first a lot of times. And if someone's open, as Gino's told us all throughout preseason, he's, she's going to find them. 
And I think there were times that she tried to force passes and had some bad turnovers, but at the same time, she's a freshman and those plays are going to happen. She's not going to be perfect off the bat, but she's been pretty close to it. It's hard to imagine where she goes up from here because she's already at such a high level. She's only going to get better. And that's just an absolutely terrifying thought if you're anyone other than UConn. Oh, for sure. I mean, to have her just be this good after two games, to try to even think about how good she'll be by the time she's a senior is just kind of unfathomable right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, especially considering this is probably going to be the least talented team that she has around her. And I don't even mean that in like a degrading way to this team. It's just they have so many players coming in the next few years. And her classmates, who we're going to talk about in a little bit, are already very, very good the recruits they have it's just she's only going to get better as she has better players around her which is just like you said scary to think exactly and I mean even if you look ahead to next like just next year they get more good players all these players are sophomores and then or all these freshmen are sophomores and then you still like maintain basically everything they have right now so it's like it's so exciting to see how good they're going to be but like you said she's just I like to feel like I still don't even have the words for it. Like, I'm just so impressed with how she started out the season and how strong she doesn't look like a freshman out there at all. She looks like a veteran on the court. And that's just incredibly impressive from a player that's literally two games into their college career. Right. Just the calmness that she has and literally nothing shakes her. Nothing shakes her at all. I think uh, she also hasn't gotten a great challenge against a really good defensive team, but you can't really falter for that because she's just playing who's on the schedule. And like you said, it's hard to even put into words what she's doing because yeah, you can look at her stats or you can break down different parts of her game, but it's with her, it's really, really about the eye test. And even if you take away her stats and you take away everything that she's done, she just looks really good out there. And I said this on Twitter, but sometimes freshmen come in and you can just tell right away that, ooh, I don't know if this is going to work out. They're clearly behind the game. They clearly seem like they're swimming mentally, trying to catch up with everything. Not really sure how they're going to develop, where they're going to contribute. There's no question about that with Paige. Not like not even a single fraction of a question about it because she does everything so well in offense. And as Gino said, she's comfortable doing everything on offense. She's already such a complete player and we didn't even see her take her first three point shot until the second game. And she's a very good three point shooter on a team that really isn't that great at shooting threes as we've already seen very quickly. So this is very clearly already Paige Becker's team, which is incredible to think about because of the returners that they have. But as Gino said at halftime, or as he said after the game, that, when the ball's in Paige's hands, he, he feels pretty good about things. And the fact that that's already the case, that when they need to get the offense going again, they try and work things around Paige to get her kind of back in the mix. That's just an incredible thing to be doing for a freshman, as we've repeated 15 times already. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to repeat it again because also just, you know, having such positive things to say about a freshman is so rare. Like, yeah. usually take every about opportunity to, to rip, well, yeah, 
freshman or anyone, especially at the start of the season. And he's just kind of had nothing but positive things to say about her, which I think just speaks to how well she's playing. And like you said, yeah, she hasn't really had a tough test yet. They've only played UMass Lowell and then Seton Hall, which obviously is a harder game than the UMass one, but it's still you know, probably not a tournament team, not that like next level of competition. But I think the fact that she's just clearly still the best player on the court for UConn in these first two games kind of speaks volumes because you know what Kristen Williams or Olivia Nelson Odota or even Anamakra and Aubrey Griffin can do against some of those higher care opponents. So to see that she's already performing at a level that's even above them kind of speaks to what she'll be able to do when they come down to, uh, you know, tougher teams and higher level competition. Right, absolutely. And I, I don't think her supporting cast has really been that great through the first few games either. Kristen didn't have a great first game. I thought she was better in the second game, but I still don't think she's playing where she should. Olivia Nelson Adota's had her moments, but has been inconsistent. Aubrey and Anna haven't scored a ton for UConn. Avina hasn't scored a ton. It's really kind of been a freshman show so far, and Paige is orchestrating all that. So I don't expect those returners to play like they have through the first two games all season long. I think they're going to get better and we're going to see Paige maybe score a little less as those guys start to settle in a little more and get that offensive rhythm back. But that's only going to make Paige better, even though the numbers may drop at least scoring wise. I think that's a good thing as long as she's still playing well, because that means she's getting the ball around to other people and other people are scoring. So this is really only the start for Paige, not just because she's in her second game, but with how weird the preseason's been, the team isn't bad, but I still think there's a lot of cohesion and just they have to do some fine-tuning still after two games. So it's just the potential is just so exciting to think about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, there's still work to be done, but things will change. And obviously those returners, it's – like you said, I wasn't like overly impressed with Kristen or Olivia's first games, but I'm sure that's going to change, right? I mean, yeah. Kristen already last night looked kind of way ahead of where she looked on Saturday, so um, I expect her to just keep getting better. And for Olivia, it just comes down to consistency. When she's good, she's really good, but she just needs to find a way to do that for you know, 30, 40 minutes on the floor, which we haven't quite seen yet, but hopefully she'll get there. Yeah, although We've spent what whatever the opening 10 minutes or so that we've had talking about how good Paige is, but I will say for as good as she is on offense, I think she really does have a long way to go on defense. So today I watched both the UMass Lowell game and the Seton Hall game over again, and she really isn't that great as an on-ball defender. Even against UMass Lowell, she was struggling on a one-on-one -on -one matchup where whoever had the ball could pretty easily get past her and she needed a lot of defensive help. And I think that was especially true against a better team in Seton Hall. And Lauren Park Jackson had 29 points on Seton Hall and Paige was guarding her for a lot of that game. Just her foot speed seems to be a little slow and obviously for as good as she is offensively, I don't expect her to also be the next Kia nurse, you know, defensively. So there's, there's still time for that to adjust. And I think she also makes up for it with how quick her hands are and the way that she gets those steals and how she jumps the passing lanes as they play better teams. I could very, very easily see opposing teams 
basically drawing up plays to go right after Page defensively with one-on-ones or isolations or things like that. So that's an area that she definitely has to improve on. But for all we've said about Page, again, it's two games in, and I don't think it's an overly concerning thing. I think for the most part, freshmen struggle defensively. So it could just be a speed of the game thing. She did admit that it's fast. I'm not super worried about it, but I don't think she's going to be winning any Defensive Player of the Year awards anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, I would kind of say the same thing you said. Like, it's a freshman thing, right? I think it's a part of the game that just takes longer to adjust for than the offensive end necessarily does. So it'll probably take some time, um, but, you know, it will come. And I feel like for all that she's doing on the offensive end, I mean, she still should be on the court, so clearly. So, um Hopefully something that she'll improve on over time, but not like a glaring concern, I would say, for this team uh, right now, at least. Um, I think we're going to talk about the defense more later on, but let's stick with the freshmen. So which other freshmen impressed you the most and what did Aaliyah Edwards do to prove that? (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say it wasn't Edwards in the first game, but after last night, definitely Aaliyah Edwards. I mean, her presence inside is just incredible for a freshman two games in. Um, there's actually I want to pull up the advanced box score here because it was just like a crazy stat to me so when she was on the court last night against Seton Hall um, her usage percentage was uh, 31% so that means when she was on the court she ended the possession for the UConn 31% of the time so they were running the offense through her in game two of her freshman season they're running her off the offense through her and then she shot 70% from the floor seven for ten in 18 minutes like it's just insane that she already has that awareness and presence underneath the basket for UConn to take their offense run it through her and score 17 points in basically the same number of minutes on the court yeah and she did most of that damage in the fourth quarter too she had 11 of the points in the fourth quarter and what kind of stuck out to me re-watching the game was like you know how in football the end of a game it's a fourth quarter and one team has a lead and they're trying to run it out and they they send in their power running back to just <laughs> grind down the defense and just kind of wear them away. That's exactly what Aaliyah Edwards did against Seton Hall because every single time in the first three quarters and even in the fourth quarter that she got the ball down low, she basically throws a shoulder into the nearest defender, whether she needs to or not, and then puts up the shot. So by the time the fourth quarter came around, Seton Hall wanted nothing to do with her players were not eager to go and jump on her they like there were so many times that Aaliyah Edwards was just standing on her own underneath the basket because she had just completely bruised and battled Seton Hall out for the game it was if you go back and watch it it's just incredible to see how Seton Hall is just scared of her they're so worn out that they can't handle her physicality late in the fourth quarter And especially with the way the season's gone, where a lot of teams are coming off either long quarantines or aren't playing for extended stretches because games get canceled on them. Or in Seton Hall's case, they're playing a ton of games in a small condensed period just to get games in. They're going to be tired by the end of the game. And if you've got someone like Aaliyah Edwards, who, as Gino said, she comes in and it's going to be bodies flying that is not fun to play against in the fourth quarter when you're already exhausted. And I think that just makes UConn so, so much better to be able to pull away late and just grind teams down throughout the game. 
Yeah, it kind of feels like something they haven't had in the front court in a while. Like, I don't think you quite get that with Liv. Like, she doesn't have the same level of physicality and just aggression underneath the basket that Edward just clearly has two games into the season. I think it makes them stronger in the, you know, front court dramatically. Kind of a hot take, but I feel like if Olivia Adota can't be more consistent, her her starting spot could be at risk there. Like, I feel like you could play a small lineup and put Edwards at the five against a lot of Big East teams, and I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see that as kind of Edwards discontinues to be aggressive underneath there. I do like the hot take. I'm just not sure if that would kind of work. Like, would Aaliyah continue being this good if she played 30 minutes a game? Or is she really good right now because she just has small stretches where she can go in and just wreak havoc and make life miserable for other teams? And then she gets a breather. She could for all we know, but we just haven't seen that amount of playtime for her so far. So I think Nelson Adota has been good enough through two games although she did get benched in the second quarter against the UMass Lowell, but I think she's been good enough through two games where she's still your starter. She's your most experienced player. You don't want two freshmen in the starting lineup, I don't think. So I think Liv still is comfortably there, but yeah, maybe later down the line, if Edwards continues to improve and maybe this is just Nelson Adota's ceiling and she doesn't continue improving, I could see it starting to get in jeopardy, but I don't think it would be anything that happens soon. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's definitely going to take some time for it to get to that situation, but I could see kind of later in the season getting there. Just, I mean, time will tell, right? It's only been two games. You can't really tell exactly how good someone's going to be after two games, but I just think I've been very impressed with Edwards' kind of aggression down low and underneath, and I think especially when they play teams that have a stronger front court presence, they're just going to need that more. I mean, not that Nelson Jonah is not a good center, but she just doesn't seem to have that, like, extra edge that Ole Edwards has kind of had in these first couple games. I don't even know who, like, a good UConn comparison would be to Edwards. It, yeah. I don't, I don't know I don't, if there is one. I, like, don't have anything off the bat. I know everyone was making, like, the Nafisa comparisons before the season, but I don't really see that. I don't I think it's different. Yeah, yeah um, the very different players. I think I think the comparison was probably with their work ethic because, as we've seen, Aaliyah Edwards only knows how to go a million miles an hour and FISA was the same way, but FISA could play physical and she could be strong, but that just wasn't her game. Whereas Edwards entire thing right now is just beating up teams down low. FISA was much more of a finesse player. So yeah, that comparison fell apart for me very quickly in the UMass Lowell game. So I'm not, I just don't know if they've ever had someone this physical they probably have and someone's gonna angrily tweet that <laughs> we should be talking about this person i did see i think someone made a jamel elliott comparison on twitter which i can't speak for because she played before i was born but from what i've i've known she was like a physical big down low so yeah i think she's a very unique player and just kind of really changes what uconn can do this season yeah, it just it gives them some strength in the front court and a little bit of depth there that I don't feel like we've had for a while. I mean, it's just been kind of like some place where this team has been weaker, and I think adding Edwards makes, gives them a chance to be a little bit stronger in that area, which kind of could help push them above some of these the tougher teams that they've kind of struggled against the last couple seasons. Right, and to go back to our predictions podcast, 
With Aaliyah Edwards, I don't see any way that they could lose to a Big East team because no one in the Big East has anyone that can match up with her or that can handle her physicality. And especially if you have like Nelson Adota improving and on her game, those are two players that really no one else in the Big East can account for. They have too much size. They have too much strength. And to beat UConn, you would need both of those players to be off on their games. And then I think you'd need all UConn's guards to be off on their games too. It would have to be a catastrophic performance from UConn to lose with what we've seen from Edwards through, through a few games. So I think she just gives them so much more solidity. And like last year, they had no backup to Olivia Nelson Adota and that hurt them at times. Edwards, though they're different players is a very capable backup, at least in the post. And it even makes it more effective because you can give Nelson Adota some more rest and the other team is absolutely not going to get any rest in the time that Nelson Adota is on the bench. Yeah, exactly. I feel like the only way they're losing a biggest game is if like DePaul comes out and like miraculously shoots like 85% from three when they play UConn. That's the only way that it could ha- possibly happen this season. And like, that's pretty unrealistic. So I think they're just going to run the table in the Big East. I know that we don't really think they're going to probably get those bigger non-conference games, but part of me just hopes that we get one of them just so we can see really how good this team is. Um, because I don't know that the Big East is going to give us that measure. Yeah, absolutely. Because it would be so bizarre going into the NCAA tournament, really not knowing how UConn even stacks up against any big-time opponents because they might not even get that chance, as you said. So if they go into March only playing Big East teams, that first game against, like, let's say they play Louisville in the Elite Eight, how are they going to handle a team that, that that's that good, that has that much level of skill that they haven't seen before that late in their season? Are they going to be complacent? It's, yeah, from a viewer's perspective, it would be entertaining alone just to see those games and get a nice measuring stick for where UConn is. But I also think it is important for UConn to get that test and just to at least have the feel of a big game and know what that's like, considering they rely so heavily on these freshmen. Exactly. Get those freshmen the experience against an opponent that's like what they're going to see in late March because to have that kind of with that many freshmen on the team to have never played in an NCAA tournament and then to never have played against one of these top college teams, that's going to be a lot in a game that's, you know, win or go home. So you want to get that test in if possible, at least before, you know, they get to March and then they're in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. So I think What's really entertaining about the freshman class is you have someone like Aaliyah Edwards, who's out for blood every time she steps (laughs) on the court. And then you pair that with Mir McLean, who is like the antithesis of what Edwards is down low. (laughs) Yeah, but I still was very impressed with McLean in the first couple of games too. I mean, she just like, if there is an offensive rebound to get, she is going after it and, trying to get it and put it back, which I think, I mean, everyone called her the the Aubrey Griffin Cone. She lived up pretty much exactly to that nickname from the first two games. Yeah, I I think just like how Aaliyah is so reliant on her strength and her physicality, whereas Mir is just so quick and just kind of like she slips in and out of spaces so easily and is just so 
it just like catches your eye so quickly when she's playing. It's hard to describe. Really, she was way better than Aubrey through the first two games, and I, it wasn't even really particularly close. Yeah, I mean, right on the offensive glass, even on the defensive end, like she's just everywhere and her hands are everywhere. I don't think, you know, she got the steal that many times necessarily, but she's tipping the ball. She's got, getting a finger on it quite a bit. So really disruptive on the defensive end, agreed more than Aubrey was in kind of her first two games. So I'm excited to see. I think she's going to probably play a very similar role to what Aubrey did last year, what seems to be might be what Aubrey's role this year is as well, but just to be a spark off the bench and come in there, grab some offensive rebounds, mess, wreck a little bit of ha- havoc on the defensive end, but she's already obviously very well equipped to play that role. Right, and I don't think we really knew what we were going to expect, what to expect out of her before the season, just because we hadn't heard a whole lot. And whereas Gino had kind of talked at length about Paige, Aaliyah, even Nika at times, he had never mentioned Mir a whole lot, and it was just tough to get a sense of whether that was just because there weren't questions being asked about her or whether she just wasn't impressing. And I think that's also just kind of the nature of the player Mir is right now because she does a lot of the dirty work, but as Gino said, if you give her a million dollars and or if you offer her a million dollars and say, what's one play that you run at UConn, she's not going to be able to answer it. She doesn't know the offensive playbook yet, but she's going to go get the rebound if it's there. And as we saw from the first two games, well, the first game and a half, because she didn't play at all in the second half against Seton Hall, but she's going to go get that rebound. And there's a really good chance she's going to put it up for a either a second chance or as we saw against UMass Lowell, she had that impressive jumping tip pass to Aubrey Griffin. I think, yeah, that Aubrey Griffin role from last year, I think is a really good comparison. And if Aubrey doesn't figure out whatever's going on in her head right now, Mir is very, very quickly going to take over her role too, as just the chaos causer on UConn's team. And I think that's an awesome player to have because you immediately get a spark off the bench and it just creates headaches for the other team. Because if UConn doesn't even know where she's going to be going, there's no way the other team is going to be able to figure it out either. Exactly. And I think we saw it last year with Aubrey that it can change the game so much. It's just something off the bench that like the other team doesn't know how to handle disrupt things, even though it's on, you know, limited minutes, most games, it's just something kind of a wrench in the other team's game plan, someone that's just going to get a couple key steals, a couple key offensive rebounds that pushes you kind of over the edge. And I feel like, I mean, they didn't need it to push them over the edge in either of these first two games, but McLean is already making those plays. Right, and she had 10 points in 10 minutes against UMass Lowell. That's ridiculous for someone in their first game as a freshman, for someone who really doesn't have a refined offensive game. All her points pretty much just came from going in and grabbing rebounds or getting steals, things like that. So she's only going to get better as the season goes on, as we saw with Aubrey last season. Yeah, that Aubrey comparison is just scary, like accurate. It's I think they're going to have very similar trajectories to this year. If Mir might even be more far ahead of where Aubrey was last year. So I'm very excited for what she's going to do. And she's going to have plenty of highlight reel plays this year, I think. For sure. And yeah, going back to that stat from that first game, like just insane for freshmen in their first game, but just kind of insane in general. I think it was 
want to say like 86 player or instances, not necessarily could, could have been one player more than once, but over the last five years out of like all 300 players that played 30 basketball games or 300 teams. So like, I don't even know how many players that is like over a thousand players that have played 30 games each season over the last five years, only 86 times has someone scored that many points in that few of minutes. So just a really impressive performance. I actually don't think I had heard that said. That's yeah. When you're in the top, whatever 1% of the entire college basketball field, that is never not a very good thing. Well, as long yeah. as it's a good stat. <laughs> as long as it's a good stat, yeah. But yeah, that's just a result of me spending too much time on the hoop stats research tool, but it's fine. Um, so, yeah, no, just extremely impressed with her, kind of what she's been able to do in these first two games. Right, and I'm also feeling much better about swapping her and Nika Mule on my freshman impact rankings. And my reasoning was that I think it's a lot easier for Mir to make an impact than it will be for Nika. And I think we definitely saw that through the first two games where Nika very clearly looks like she's capable at playing at this level and seems like she has confidence and is definitely a Division One basketball player. But She's just kind of had trouble making plays. She had one nice assist against UMass Lowell, but she hasn't scored yet. She hasn't found that basket. And then what I noticed against Seton Hall, it just seemed like maybe she started feeling a little pressure just from herself to produce when she was out there as the starting or the lead point guard and started to force some plays at the end of both games and try and make things happen that weren't there. So I think if she could just have a solid game where she could score maybe five points, have two or three assists, have just a feel-good game for her, I think that'll settle her in and kind of get her going. But she just seems to be pressing right now after two games and is still trying to figure out how to operate within this offense and what her role is going to be on this team. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, when you look at her box score, it's like nothing impressive, but I still think – you know, what we've seen from her just on the court, like via the eye test, like she's clearly confident in being out there, which I think is honestly a big step for a lot of freshmen is just feeling like you belong on the court and feeling confident out there. I mean, she should be right. She used to play in Europe. She's, she's played at a level that's at least similar to this before. She knows that she belongs out there. Um, and then also consider the fact that, you know, she did have that minor foot injury going into the first game. So she missed about a week of practice as well. So I'm sure that threw her off her game a little bit as well. Uh, but I'm sure as, you know, she just, like you said, she just needs like a game where she scores a few points, has a couple of good assists to kind of get her rhythm going. And I think we'll be seeing her on the box score a lot more. Yeah, that's a good point about the foot injury. Like she was good enough in those two games where I had completely forgotten she even had a foot injury. So I don't think you could really see the injury affecting her play. But yeah, being out of practice was definitely a detriment as it is for really any player. That's a lot of time to miss, especially right before the season. So last night after the game, SNY showed Huskies All Access, and I didn't get around to watching it until this morning. And there are a couple of really funny tidbits with Nika. So one was that UConn's doing some drill, and Paige comes over near Gino, and Gino goes, it's good that Nika's number 10 and you're number 5 because you're half the defender that she is. <laughs> so then soon after, Shay Ralph was saying that Nika and Gino go at it every single day because he keeps saying that she fouls too much and Nika keeps says that she's just stealing the ball. So then they had a clip of Nika and she goes, quote, 
Oh my God. Me and coach always fight about this. I think defense is so soft here in America. Everything I do here is a foul. That makes me so mad every time I play. Which is <laughs> <It's> just, just <laughs> such a great quote. And like, that just gets you so fired up for what Nika is going to eventually be because if she can kind of get a feel for how the officials call a game here, but can keep that edge and that toughness and just that physicality, she's going to be so much fun to watch, especially on the defensive end. Agreed. And I think that's so important because the thing that freshmen typically struggle with the most is defense. So for her to already have that edge there, even if it's maybe a little bit too much of an edge right now, I think it's way easier to tune that back than it is to develop that. So the fact that that's already kind of part of her game, she'll, I mean, she's a freshman. She's going to make some dumb fouls probably all through this year, but she'll figure it out. And it's going to be so much fun to watch her on the defensive end as you know her career goes on. And then of course on the offensive end too, um, I mean, we haven't really seen it yet, but I know she led the uh, European league that she was playing in, in assists last year. So she's certainly capable of being a very strong point guard. So she should be, as she develops over the next you know, couple months, the next couple of years, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch her on the court. I was trying to look up like what that stat was that she led and First off, European basketball makes absolutely oh, no sense. I have like no in, idea what's going on there. Impossible to find any information, too. It's like a 30-minute rabbit hole to try to find literally anything useful. <laughs> well, there was, like, the Croatian League, but then there was, like, the Adriatic League, right. and then there was, like, some other league going on, and she had only played, like, 13 games in each of them, so I couldn't figure out which one was, like, the actual league. But the crazy thing is she was averaging, like, seven assists per game in most of them. Or, yes. like, she was way <laughs> out assisting people as compared to scoring it was like her numbers were insane in every single league just they were crazier in some than others right and I think it was the Adriatic League I want to say that she let it in which I think it's like your league or your basket recognized or something I don't know so it's a legit league that's really all I know about it I don't really understand European basketball at all but um yeah she was something crazy like seven assists a game which led the entire league which includes the players that are in play professionally so uh, just really impressive right and I think for her whatever you get out of here out of her this year is really just a plus because they're pretty stocked in the backcourt Paige is very clearly the starting point guard on this <laughs> team and is very clearly going to be the starting point guard for the next four years Avina Westbrook I don't think is going anywhere in the lineup same thing with Kristen Williams so at best, she's the number four guard. Well, and then Anna Makara, too. I can't forget about her. So at best, she's the fifth guard on the team. And she has gotten some pretty good minutes to spell Avina, especially to give her, to limit her minutes. She's had some moments as point guard on her own. There's just a lot of depth in front of her. And she still has a little bit of ways to go, I think, in order to really be a consistent contributor but like I said you can see it from her she's definitely capable of this level I think a lot of it's just going to be finally settling in and having some confidence boosters that make her just understand a little better how the game's getting played I think part of it is also just the transfer over from Europe it is a different game as she very clearly mentioned so she's adjusting to that too I think she's just going to really benefit by playing in games because that's where she's going to get the experience as a point guard. She's going to know which passes she can and can't make. 
I think if she could get a few baskets under her belt, she came close. She had one open three that she missed. She had a layup that just kind of rolled out too. So I'm definitely not down on Nico Mule, but I think she just kind of fits into what I was thinking of for her before the season where she might have some trouble finding out how she can produce as a point guard, just because it's such a difficult position as a freshman. And I don't really see her being an off the ball guard for at least this early in her career when she's been in, she's pretty much had the ball in her hands, bringing it up. So I think it's just going to take time for her. And if she can just bring that edge defensively and can kind of be the guard version of Aaliyah Edwards, if that's even possible, that would be a very good start for her. For sure. Yeah. I think everything you said makes sense and not to bring it back to Paige, but I'm just laughing at us being like all off season. How much have we talked about like who's going to play point guard for this team and who's the starting point guard and who's going to run the point. And it's like two games in, it's just so obviously Paige probably for the next four years. It's kind of funny. You know what though? I have a hot take. I don't think Paige is actually completely running the offense because Anna hasn't shot the ball a whole lot the first few games of the season. And I think from what I saw on my rewatches, she very much seemed to be playing pass first as a, instead of looking for her own shot. She had seven assists against Seton Hall. Avina Westbrook had seven assists against Seton Hall. I think those two are really taking on a much heavier facilitator role so that they allow Paige to kind of be more free to do what she wants with the ball in her hands and to settle in and be able to do this without having the whole weight of the offense on her. So I think running the offense, I guess, if you put that in quotes, whatever that means, I think those duties might actually be getting split up across a couple different people. But yeah, Paige is still very clearly the point guard. And I don't think they're, I don't mean this in a bad way to Crystal because we are obviously a very pro Crystal point guard, but I'm not looking at this team and thinking, oh man, like Crystal is the one that can really, like if they had Crystal for one more year, that would make a huge difference. I really don't think it would just with the way the team's constructed. And I think they're pretty comfortably going to be able to replace her. Yeah. I mean, I think we've talked about this something even going into the season, but there's just so many players on this team that can pass and can facil- facilitate. And you very clearly see that with Anna and with um, Avina Westbrook as well. I think we still have some freshmen to talk about because I can say I have some thoughts on that. I mean, Anna has definitely been playing past first. I don't know that I love that because I feel like she needs to take some more shots, but we can finish the freshman before I go into that take. Yeah. So I think just the last one to talk about is PF Gabriel I would say pretty much exactly the type of player that we expected, right? Definitely a project, but you can at least see the potentials there. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely raw, kind of exactly what you expected. Probably only going to get those you know, few minutes at the end of the game, just like we've seen in these first two. But um, there's definitely potential. I mean, her size alone just adds a lot of potential. It's something that you kind of doesn't really have in any other place. But I think, like, also nothing to be concerned about, right? Like, if you have, I mean, we've had such high opinions of the other four freshmen. If you've got one freshman that's just, like, someone that's a project and being worked on, that's still four new contributors on this team, so. Yeah, definitely. And I think she is a player where you're looking at maybe one, even possibly two years where they're going to be developing her. And maybe next year, a role for her is as a reserve big that goes in and just kind of spells Olivia and Aaliyah and gets in there and rebounds and plays defense and gets like five minutes of important minutes a game. 
along with those minutes at the end of the game. Yeah. From what we've heard from the coaches, she's a project, but she's got a really good attitude and seems to be very coachable. So I think that's a really good sign for her. She definitely has a long way to go, but like you said, they don't need her. And however much that she can develop over her career at UConn, she's a lottery ticket. That's exactly what she is. So whatever you get out of her is a bonus. You're not expecting a whole lot, but if she turns into a really good center or even a good center, that's a huge bonus for this team to have depth at that position that really not that many teams have. Exactly, and something I think UConn especially hasn't had in a while, so it'll be exciting to see if she can kind of catch up and get there. I mean, they've got time, right? Like, it doesn't have to happen this season. It doesn't even have to happen next season. So I think we knew going in that that was a bit more of a project and something that was going to take time, so no surprise there that she's not contributing off the bat or anything like that. Right, and not to look very far ahead, but even just next year, they have a pretty incredible amount of depth in the front court with a Mary. Nope, not a Mary DeBerry. <laughs> Amari DeBerry, we've been over this coming in. So you've got at least two bigs in Nelson Adote and Edwards who are going to be really good. A talented freshman coming in and then however much Piat develops into next year. So yeah, I think just the prospect of what she could possibly do is really exciting because with her size, there's only there's a very low floor that she needs to get to in order to be a productive player in some regard. They don't need her to be the next Tina Charles or the next Rebecca Lobo. But even if she could just have that role that Natalie Butler had before she transferred, where she goes in and grabs a ton of rebounds and plays good defense and can help UConn kind of deal with some of those bigger teams, that would be the perfectly good place for her to be. And yeah, I'm, I don't think there's any reason to rush her development and it's just going to be interesting to see how she comes along. And then obviously Autumn Chasson too, but she got two minutes against Seton Hall. So she's a walk-on. She, she looks like a walk-on. There's not a whole lot to talk about there, but at least warrants a mention as the last freshman on the team. <laughs> yeah, sure. We shouldn't leave her out, but like you said, obviously no real expectations for her. Awesome this year. Get a couple minutes. She didn't get any minutes in that UMass fall game. So Glad to see that Gino gave her a couple last night. We're going to take a quick ad break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the returners. And we're back. All right, Megan, hit us with that Anna take. Yeah, so I believe last night Anna only took – sorry, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think it was three okay. shots. Okay. I think she went one for three, and it was all from three-point range. I knew it was only three, so that was okay. – so, yeah, so in last night's game against Seton Hall – Anna took just three shots, all of them from three-point range. And then in the season opener as well against UMass Lowell, she took seven attempts, but again, six of them from three-point range. So really, he's only been shooting from outside, not taking a ton of shots, more in that opener than last night. But, I mean, I think we saw last year that Anna can shoot, right? I mean, she can obviously shoot from three. We know that she should keep taking those three-point shots. This team, we've seen them struggle from three-point range. I think she hasn't had her best three-point games yet, but she's probably going to be the kind of savior there to help with the fact that this team cannot shoot from three so far. Um, But I think towards the end of last season, after she got her confidence, we saw her driving the lane a lot more. She can finish up the rim. She's got some different moves inside, and we haven't seen any of that so far this season, and that's disappointing to me. Obviously, she's been playing pass first, five assists in the first game, seven last night. 
but I'd like to see, even if it means passing up one or two of those assists, her kind of driving inside and making more plays for herself. Yeah, I agree. I'm underwhelmed because I've expected really big things out of her. And I think, I think I've said before, right, that I think she could be the leading scorer on this team. I don't feel that way at the moment because she just wasn't really taking charge on offense and was just deferring to other people, which I think is a good skill to have. I think it's good to have people that are willing to share the ball. And obviously she's very, very good at passing. And from what we saw from her last year, she's a very streaky shooter. So she goes one for three last night, but like she could very easily tomorrow against Creighton go seven for seven from three. And then we're no longer talking about why Anna's not shooting the ball, but yeah, I think the more concerning thing, like you mentioned, is that it's really three or bust for her. There's not that mid range game. Was it the USA game last year where she had that drive, then she turned and had that fadeaway against Katie Lou Samuelson. It had to have been the USA game. It was against Katie <laughs> yeah, Lou Samuelson. The only time she played Katie Lou Samuelson last year. <laughs> <laughs> we answered our own question once we got there, but she had that play. She drove to the rim. She was a very complete offensive player by the end of the year. And I wonder if maybe that's just a byproduct of not playing games where she kind of just needs those reps on offense. And I think what we're kind of overestimating is that UConn is still figuring out their offense because last game it was 48 points from Paige, Aliyah, and the other freshmen. It was all Paige, or it felt like it was all Paige against UMass Lowell. So the offense doesn't seem to have an identity yet besides Paige is going to score a lot and is going to assist a lot. And then other people are going to chip in here and there, but it doesn't feel like they know what they want to do when they get in the half court set, because yesterday a ton of their points were scored in transition and the offense was really humming when they were getting out in transition. But when they kind of had to sit in a half court set, there were times where they seemed to get stagnant like they did last year. And it wasn't as bad as last year, but there still were times where they, there just wasn't a whole lot of movement. So I think, Anna's play is kind of just a microcosm of the entire offense in the sense that they're still trying to figure things out. And I'm not worried about Anna, even if she plays like this for another two, three, four games, she's contributing to the team and she's helping. I think she had five rebounds last game. She's rebounding the ball too. She's not good defensively, but I think she's at least putting the effort in, which is you, you can only complain about that so much. So She's going to figure it out on offense. She's going to get there eventually. I don't know how long it's going to take, but as Anna kind of grows into this season and figures out her game offensively, I think we're going to see that UConn's kind of going to – those two things are going to go hand in hand. Yeah, I agree. And it's a good point that it's kind of just a, probably more of anything a product of just this team trying to figure out their offensive identity and how that's all going to work, especially when you just have so many different players – on the court and on the bench at any time that can contribute on the offensive end. And yeah, I just hope that's all it is. I think we saw it take a while for her to kind of evolve beyond the like catch and shoot threes for her shooting range last season. And I think it was a lot to do with her confidence. So I just hope it's at kind of the same level that it was towards the end of last year when we saw kind of all those different moves on offense, because I think if she can play at that level, it makes this team so much better. Right. And like we said, I don't think it's a confidence issue or 
or her ability, it just seems like she's putting more of an emphasis on passing the ball instead of trying to get her own shots. And she's just kind of taking what the defense gives her. And maybe that's just a product of the way the first two games played out. It's kind of just tough to tell with two games, what is going through each player's head. And obviously with the way that the media is this year, like you're not going to ask about Anna when, when Paige and Aaliyah and all the others have the games that they do. And it's kind of tougher to get, a sense of what's going on with the team when everything's through zoom and you're fighting with other people for questions. So again, I'm not worried about Anna, but I definitely do want to see more out of her against Creighton just in terms of being aggressive on offense and kind of taking charge and acting like one of the better offensive players on this team. Yeah. I think that's the important part, right? Because she can make these assists all day and it's great, but I think this team is better if she's shooting. I think she's, probably the best three-point shooter on the team, but also just has a lot of offensive range. And as much as she can be unselfish, I think they're just going to be better if she's a little more selfish with the ball when she has it. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Through the first two games, I think there's kind of a similarity in her game and Avina Westbrook's game because Avina, I think we were very concerned about Avina this entire off season with the way that Gino was talking about her and the way that he never seemed to be very positive about her health. But having watched her through two games, I understand what Gino means now about her not being a hundred percent. You could tell she's not moving completely at ease out on the court. There's definitely something still lingering there. I thought I noticed against UMass Lowell that she seemed to might've tweaked something like in the first quarter, she kind of came back slowly on defense the whistle blew and she looked down at something and then immediately came out of the game. I don't think it was anything major, but I do think that the whole, she's not hundred percent thing is much less concerning now. And it even just may be that she's not in game shape. I don't know how much the knee is even affecting that. I think we hear players all the time talk that, Oh, I just want to do whatever I can to help the team. But I think that's exactly what Avina's done through the first two games. She's not going to lead UConn in any categories, but I think by the end of the year, she might actually be UConn's most important player because when she needs to pass it, she makes the right pass. When she needs to rebound it, she gets the rebound. If she needs to score, she hasn't scored a ton through the first two games, but she has. Her motor is very high, and especially on defense, her step is a little slow, but she at least makes up for it in having a high intensity level. So I've been pleasantly surprised with what I've seen out of Avina. I think there's definitely room for her to improve. She could definitely score more and I think can be a little invisible on offense sometimes, but for where she is and where she's coming back, there's also the rust factor. So I think the first two games are pretty much as much as you could expect out of her. Yeah, I would agree with that. I was just going to say that I think, you know, we'd like to see her score more, but you have to remember that she hasn't played a basketball game in, what, like a year and a half at this point, maybe even more than that. So it's it's been a while, um, and some rust is just expected, and I think the scoring more than anything might just be a product of the fact that she hasn't shot the ball in a game in so long, and it's just going to take a little bit of time for that to come back. I mean, if you watch her Tennessee tape, she's got plenty of offensive moves, so I think we'll see them as she kind of comes back slowly this season. But I think even without that, she's found ways to impact the offense. She had in her first game a fair amount of assists. I think actually I like the stat from 
in that first game, once she was on the floor, she had the assist on 25% of the Huskies' other baskets. So Holy you know, crap. Yeah. I did so, not know that. <laughs> yeah, so on a quarter of the baskets that went in the time that she was on the floor, she assisted. So pretty impressive. Was definitely impacting the offense even without scoring a lot. And then, like you said, on the defense, she just brings a defensive intensity that's um, – really good for this team and you know her stuff's a little slow but that also could just be some rust as well right she hasn't played in a in-game defensive situation in a while so I think we've seen her be a pretty good defender in Tennessee as well so excited to see that as she comes back it's just probably going to take a few more games right and I think her minutes are only going to increase as we go she played right around the 20 minute mark in both games and you could tell there was a concerted effort from the coaching staff to keep her fresh and not overuse her and then there was another thing where lauren was it lauren park jackson uh, yeah lauren park jackson the seton hall player who scored 29 points against uconn there's a play in the third quarter for, yeah the third quarter right before pages drive all the way down the court with five seconds left Aliyah edwards blocked park jackson and I thought it sounded like Avina or maybe it was Aaliyah said like, give me that. And then Avina and Park Jackson exchanged words. And then the next thing, you know, Avina's on the bench and they cut to CD giving Avina an earful and Avina just having this look in her eye. Like she knows she's getting yelled at, but <laughs> come on, you got to absolutely love the fact that someone on UConn is, has an edge where they're willing to yap with someone else on the other team because we haven't seen that in a while, and I think with the way that Aaliyah brings her physical presence, I think it is good that you have someone on UConn who's willing to ruffle some feathers and who's willing to try and get under people's skins because that just adds a different element to your team because as I think we saw with Arika Gumbuwale in that Notre Dame game when Kristen Williams went off, if some players just you get under their skin and they totally fall apart and they just start – acting out and getting stupid fouls and ending up on the bench from their coaching staff. So I don't think it's a bad thing that Avina was talking a little bit with Park Jackson, even if the coaching staff might not have liked it. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think there's just like, it's a mental element to it. And sometimes it's like after you know, a player shuts you down or repeatedly gets in your face on defense and then one or two words here and there doesn't make a big deal as long as you're keeping at a level you're not getting teed up or anything and it can just kind of impact the player on the other's team game in certain situations it depends on the player most a lot of players will just not even think anything of it but there's definitely players like you said a good wallet that can just get frustrated from that and causes them to make a few frustrated fouls and things like that which can really impact the game in the mental way so I think it's it's a good thing for them to have for sure I at some point want to see a lineup that includes Avina, Nika, and Aaliyah because that's the rip-your-head-off lineup. <laughs> All three of those people will just absolutely come after other teams or the wrecking ball lineup, whatever you want to call it. Those three are just – just seem to be cut from a different cloth when it comes to their intensity level and just the willingness to just absolutely level someone, and I need to see that in a game. For sure. I think like if this team is in a situation where they're struggling or they're down a little bit, like, and they need something, I want those three on the court. Right. Or just like in a physical game where 
UConn maybe seems to be getting beat up a little bit just to throw the momentum over. Just have Aaliyah get down in the post and start throwing the bows that she does. Like, ugh. this It's just a very fun thing to think about. For sure. <laughs> so then we get to the two juniors who we've mentioned in passing but haven't directly talked about. So let's start with Olivia Nelson Adota. Had an okay first half. She had a solid first half, actually, against UMass Lowell then pretty much got benched for the most of the second half of that game. Had a better bounce-back game against Seton Hall, but I still feel like she's operating way, way below where not only her potential is, but just from what I expected her out of her at the start of this season. Yeah, it kind of – I almost – I don't want to say this like in a bad way, but it just feels like it's like she got to a certain level last season, right? Towards the end of the season in the AAC tournament where she seemed to be a little bit more consistent and had kind of a little bit more intensity. And it feels like she's taken a step back from that in the first two games. And of course it could just be rest and they're still figuring things out, but I don't think we've seen that as much. She hasn't been too consistent. She hasn't. And then against, for me too, with Olivia, the thing is like, for a team like Seton Hall or a team like UMass Lowell, she should be able to eat them inside. They don't have anyone that can guard her. They don't have another center that's going to really challenge her. So she should really be putting up pretty insane numbers in these games and just really being able to have her way. And I don't think we really see her demonstrate that in either of the first two games so far. Especially because against Seton Hall, at the beginning of the game, UConn was pretty much going to live every single offensive possession that they were in a set. They would throw the ball into live and she'd either – do a move and go to the basket or she'd pass it out, but they were pretty much running everything through her and yeah, she should be dominating those teams. We saw her last season against Oklahoma a team that had no size. She just ripped them to pieces in the post. And then Aliyah Edwards just obliterated Seton Hall in the post. So if the freshman can do it, the junior should be doing it too. And we see it in flashes. There's a couple minutes where she just can't be stopped in the post and she's grabbing all these shots and, I think what we're not really accounting for is her impact defensively because it might not be showing up in blocks, but there were times where UMass Lowell and Seton Hall wasn't even like pretending to go to the basket because they knew they weren't going to get past Nelson Adota. So I think she does have a very big impact defensively, even if it doesn't really show up just because teams are avoiding her. But her question mark has always been on offense. And I don't know if she's necessarily answered them to this point in the year. And it, like you said, it doesn't really feel like she's much better than she was last year. And I kind of felt that way about all the returners. So that's probably has more to do with the pandemic, but you'd hope that from the progression that she had from UMass Lowell to Seton Hall, she kind of sticks on that progression level game to game. And maybe by new Year's, she's looking at double, double type game on a consistent basis where she's the player that we were kind of expecting her to be coming into this year. And just with how weird the season's been, it took her a handful of games to get to that point. Yeah. I really hope that's all it is. And it probably is like, I'm sure she's going to keep getting better and she'll get to that level or at least a level where she's consistent kind of producing something on the offensive end. Um, so I think we'll come, we'll see it come. And like you said, I think her presence on the defensive end maybe doesn't show up in the box score so much, but it is an impact maker for this team because we've talked about the guards not being that great on defense so far, but having her at the room kind of helps levels up that a little bit, helps it make it not as much of a problem because they're not going to be able to just go and teams can't just go inside against UConn if they can get past one of the guards because you still have to go through her. Um, so I think that does make a big impact. 
Right. It also seemed like against Seton Hall, UConn was almost kind of taunting. I don't think taunting is the right word. Uh, like trying to draw Seton Hall to the basket because the way Paige and Aaliyah were playing at least two times that I noticed, they were really pretty much just giving the drive to Seton Hall and Seton Hall didn't necessarily seem to be taking it with Olivia Nelson and Dota back there. So I think it does change the way that they can play defense and we've kind of taken it for granted just because even through all her ups and downs, she has been pretty steady defensively. Her only issue has been foul trouble and she hasn't been in foul trouble at all this season, which is at least one positive for her. And it's, it's probably the same thing that we talked about with Anna where she just needs these game reps on offense to kind of get that feel back and really get back into the flow of things. So I'm, I, I don't think I was super impressed with Liv in either games, even though she was much better against Seton Hall. I still think she has another level that she can go to. But if she just continues building on each game, I'm probably not going to get overly worried, at least not immediately. Yeah, the only other thing that stands out to me on her is, like, I just need her to get better from the free throw, throw line. Oh. She's going to end up there a lot. It's just, like, it's frustrating to watch them not go in. I think Gino said it in, like, the halftime interview of the first game. He was like, if I was them, I would just keep fouling her because she's not going to score if you foul her. Um, but, yeah, she's, she's got to hit one of those free throws for big. She's got to go to the line a lot because we don't know how to guard her. Just got to be able to finish those. It doesn't matter in these games, but it, it could matter down the stretch in big games. She just doesn't have like a good looking shot. Every single time she takes a free throw, I feel like it's not going in just because it's not, it kind of, someone made the comparison that it was kind of like Nafisa's three point shot where it was kind of like long arms up above the head. In fairness, Nelson Adota did actually hit some shots from just inside the free throw line against Seton Hall. So I guess she can hit those jumpers better this year, but it's just the look of it seems off. And yeah, if they get into a big game and I could see, I could absolutely see someone like maybe not DePaul, because I don't think that's really DePaul's style, but a team that is close to UConn and is scrapping with them, just going to a hack-a-shack model where they just start following Nelson Adota on every single play and making her take free throws because until she proves that she can make them. Cause yeah, it, it, that's probably of all the things we've seen from her, that's probably the most concerning aspect. Right. Exactly. Especially cause just so many players aren't going to have an answer for her, but if you can foul her and then she doesn't score, she only scores one of the two points. That's a lot better option than her pulling you inside and scoring buckets. So I wouldn't be too surprised to see teams take that, um, especially in late game situations and stuff when you know, you know, if they're UConn's going to go inside to her, she's just not going to finish those free throws. Right. And then that also worked getting way ahead of ourselves here to be fair but that also leads to the question of can you even have her on the court in late game situations or if you're up maybe seven points with a minute to go you're probably going to have to take her off the floor and put in someone else I don't know who that would be to make sure that you have a good free throw shooters on the court and then that could in turn hurt you defensively when you're trying to protect a lead so it's early but Free throw shooting doesn't seem to be a thing that improves significantly over the course of the season. So you have to just hope that maybe she's just been worse than she actually is in these first two games, but it's, 
it's definitely not a good sign that she's missing this many. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, it's such a disadvantage to UConn to have to take her out of a, off the court in the late game situation because she's the player that can come up with the big block or the big defensive play if you need it, and then to have to take her off the court so, so that she doesn't have to take shoot free throws is just a disadvantage to them. So hopefully, like you said, it's just something that these first two games haven't been as good as she actually is, but we'll see. Right. Speaking of people who aren't as good as they should be, Kristen Williams. I thought she was extremely disappointing in the UMass Lowell game, and she was better against Seton Hall, but I wasn't going to, you know, send up fireworks for her performance. I thought that was, if not baseline, below baseline of what she should be doing every single night regardless. Agreed. As much as I tapered my expectations for Paige, I think I let my expectations for Kristen just like run wild, especially everything we've heard from her and from Gino in the offseason about how she kind of reset herself and how she's more, has more intensity than ever and all this great stuff. And then for me, these first two games were just kind of lackluster. I mean, the UMass little game, I just, I don't really have much to say about her performance. It was there's not much to talk about. It just wasn't great. But I mean, it was a little bit better against Seton Hall. I think she had a decent first half yesterday but she was kind of quieter in the second half and still just not overly impressed with what I've seen from her on the court I would have expected her to kind of especially I mean Paige has been so good from the start so maybe it wouldn't have been as necessary but I kind of expected her to be driving on the like the big score on offense in the start of the season and like putting up 20 a night until the freshman caught up and it kind of seems like the opposite yeah I I think that Kristen should be pissed that Paige is the lead scorer on this team and is getting all the attention because that should be Kristen. Kristen should be scoring the numbers that Paige is getting. She, we know how good she is from what we saw her freshman year and in spurts last year. I just wonder if she has that killer instinct that it seems like Paige has that Nafisa definitely had where I remember Gina telling us off the record one time about Nafisa that she's going to grab the other team by the throat and she's not going to let up until they're dead. And I think we've seen that with Paige. I think we've even seen that with Aaliyah. I don't know if we've ever seen that out of Kristen, even against Notre Dame, she was just scoring a million points, but it didn't feel like she was burying them. She's so good that she should absolutely be one of the best players on this team. And she should really, I don't think our expectations for her were too high. I think our expectations were exactly where they should have been. And we just, haven't seen her hit her full potential similar with Anna. It feels like she's deferring to Paige, and it's just mind blowing that the junior returning leading scorer, the most experienced player on this team who's started every single game of her career is deferring to a freshman in her second game. Kristen should be demanding the ball and then she should be finishing all her chances. She didn't have a great shooting night against uh, UMass Lowell. She wasn't, great shooting but better against Seton Hall but I don't it's it's less of the numbers that she's putting up and just the way that she looks on the court it just feels like she needs to be doing more and I think her non-scoring numbers have been decent but just with the eye test I've been very disappointed in Kristen even Seton Hall I don't think that anything she did against Seton Hall deserved any recognition or accolades or celebration yeah, I would agree with you. And going back to your point about, like, the killer instinct, I think we see it in flashes from her. Like, there's definitely points in games where you see that she definitely gets, like, frustrated and gets this intensity. You can kind of see it on her face, but it doesn't come sustained. And I think 
like a player like Nafisa or even what we've seen from Paige and Aaliyah so far, it's like kind of just like a constant thing. And I think, I mean, it's part of it, right? To play at that level, I think you need that. But I've just been very underwhelmed with her performance so far this year. And maybe it's coming and, we're just, you know, she just had a rough couple games or whatever, but I, I, I haven't been overly impressed. I think with the way their developments are going to go, with Liv, like it's been throughout this her entire career, you're going to see a slow burn where she's going to get better every game. And like I said, maybe by January, she's the player that we thought she was going to be coming into this year. With Kristen, I think, I don't know what it's going to be, but I think at some point just a light's going to go on in her head or some switch is going to flip. And it's just going to, she's just going to figure it out and she's going to explode for like a 35, 40 point game. And it's just all going to come together for her. And she's going to be the player that we anticipated her being this year because she's so, so talented that her freshman year, I remember thinking that she could be a generational talent, maybe not the level of Stewie, Maya, and Diana, but at least the same level as Fisa, Svetlana, Brosimova, everyone else kind of in that second tier below those top three players. That's how good that she was her freshman year. And we haven't seen those flashes enough Every, she seems to be doing everything right in practice. Gino's been, for the most part, happy with her, except for these first two games. I really just think it's going to be something finally clicks in her head and she figures it out and is just going to explode out of nowhere in one game. But I don't know if that's going to be against Creighton tomorrow. I don't know if that's going to be in January or maybe it doesn't happen until March, but I think at some point it finally does happen. Hopefully it's just not too late though. Yeah. I kind of agree with you. I feel like she just needs like that big game to remind her like what she can do, like a game like that Notre Dame game from her freshman year that it was just like, Oh wow. And that's kind of I'm sure the game where you start to feel like, you know, she could have been one of those generational talents because she just was so like, I mean, that Notre Dame team was in team was insane right like five WNBA draft picks that year they all made teams um and she was able to go score all those points on them and compete with them as a freshman but I feel like since that game we I mean she had some other moments her freshman year and then last year moments but we haven't seen that level of intensity and that level of play kind of really since that game and I think she just needs a performance like that and maybe that's all it is but like you said when does it happen and hopefully it's sooner rather than later Right. And I think what we've seen from Kristen pretty consistently throughout her career, she actually responds pretty well to adversity and responds well to the way Gino coaches and his criticism. So I could very easily see it being that she just kind of bottoms out and has a really bad game where Gino just decides to bench her for an entire second half or something of that nature where she really kind of takes a nosedive in one game and is really bad And then that's the moment where everything kind of comes together and she blows up out of that game. But I think it's going to take some sort of event for her to come to that. I don't think it's just going to be a magical Eureka moment. It's something's going to lead up to it. And I think when we get to that point, we're going to know it's coming. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you don't have the ability to kind of cue that this season, right? Like last season, there was just no option to not have Kristen Williams on the floor. Like you, she had to be on the floor even when she was in that sweeping slump she's going to be on the floor like there's nothing you could do about it this season we've already seen what the freshman can do there's an option to kind of you know you don't want to have be in a situation where he has to do that he might bench her for a half that could happen and then 
we'll see from there. Hopefully that would be enough to you know, set it off. Yeah, so I think we both want to see more out of Kristen. We're going to have a chance to see her again tomorrow or today, I guess, when this comes out on Thursday against Creighton. So we're going to talk about that and some other stuff when we get back from these ad breaks. All right, so we're back. Before we get on to Creighton, what have we learned about this team through the first two games? I think my biggest takeaways are, one, obviously we've already talked about this, but the freshmen are very good. They've lived up to the hype. Um, And then the other major one, I think, on the offensive end is that even though there's definitely still some struggles and they're still figuring things out, the ball movement and the way this offense flows, I think, already looks dramatically better than last year, which isn't saying too much because last year was very ugly for most of the season, but it's already improved. Yeah, definitely. And then kind of sticking on the offensive end, wasn't last year's team like the number one three-pointing shooting team in the country? Like they, 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 they somehow the got that one, right. They were close to it. I'll look at okay, it. so they were like top three. Yeah, at least pull it up because I'm not curious. I actually think they were number one. They might have been. It was they like at least were at some point. Yeah, they were. They were the number one three-pointing shooting team in the country. Shot 39.9 percent from three last season. Yeah, that's insanity. I have no idea how that happened at all. Safe to say they're not going to do that again this year. This team really is not a three-point shooting team at all. Yeah, I mean, I there's just really been no one that's taken a lot of or made a lot of threes so far this season. I know we know that Anna can shoot threes, so I'm sure it'll come. But for like comparison's sake, where they're shooting 25% from three right now, which is 242nd in the nation. Obviously, small sample size, but still. Yeah, it's not. It's not great. It's not what you want. <laughs> when you're in the 200s for anything, that's not what you want. They are currently number one in two-point percentage, though, so they're balanced. In really? <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. have guessed that. I mean, like, again, small sample size, but that's still, like, even to be that high this early is pretty impressive. And they, yeah. I feel like they missed a non-zero amount of layups. Yeah, they're shooting 65% from two, which is still pretty impressive. Um, Yeah, number one in the nation. And even with all those missed three-pointers, they are second in the nation for field goal percentage. Obviously, very small sample size. Take it all with a grain of salt. But Well, that actually does kind of make more sense now that I'm thinking about it because their offense, for the most part, has pretty much either been a three-pointer or a layup. There hasn't been a whole lot of mid-range game. Page has had some shots from like the free throw line. I know Liv stepped out and had a couple mid-range jumpers last game, but it's, it's really just kind of inside or outside. There hasn't been a whole lot of in-between. I wish there was one of those shot charts where you could see where they've taken all their shots from the season because I think there would be a pretty wide ocean between where those shots are coming from. So I, I guess if you're getting that many shots that close, and you're not missing a whole lot. It's not like they've been egregiously missing free throws, or not free throws, layups, like UConn men's basketball did for like three years. So, okay, that does make a little more sense. One still seems very high, one and two for those two stats, but now that I'm thinking about it a little more, it it at least makes sense. Yeah, I think it makes sense um, from what we've seen, but... I don't know. It's still a small sample size, right? Like, I'm not ready to be, like, they're the best inside team in the country. Like, I think oh, it's a factor of opponents and everything else. But um, they've they've at least been making up for their lack of shooting or lack of making shots from the outside. Right. And then I think we've also seen that defensively, at least right now, this is not a stellar defensive team. I don't 
I don't think they really have a stellar on-ball defender, and I don't know if anyone can even become that, which I think is what Gino was saying. I think Avino Westbrook can be a good defender. I think Kristen Williams can be a good defender. Neither of those two are going to be anything locked down. I don't think not Aaliyah, Aubrey Griffin or Mir McLean are going to play enough to be able to be a really good lockdown defender. Liv, I think, is in her own category as a big that can block shots, but I think they're going to rely very heavily on her to be a good defensive team, just a good defensive team this year, because they just seem to get beat off the dribble very easily. And Lauren Park Jackson scores 29. They really didn't have an answer for her. And then, yeah, UMass Lowell only had, what, 23 points? That's because every other pass that UMass Lowell threw went to UConn. Like, UMass Lowell was bad. Anyone could have held that team to 12 points. That is anywhere near the talent level of UConn. So I don't think that was a great indication of where they are defensively. So I think this is definitely going to be a team carried by its offense. And you can just hope that the defense does enough to keep you in those tight games. Yeah, I would agree with it. And we didn't really talk about this when we were talking about the returners, but something that surprised me in these first couple games was the lack of minutes for Aubrey Griffin, just because she is someone that, like, unlike anyone else on this team, can kind of be that lockdown defender. And we didn't really see that much from her in these first two games. Right. I thought, I don't even, I think we completely skipped over Aubrey, right? Yeah, I think we accidentally skipped her, probably because I think we both had pretty high expectations for her, and then we just didn't really see her on the court that much. That was a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, and even when she was on the court, she just didn't look like she did last year. She looked very tentative. She kind of looked really lost on offense. I w- she just seemed to be very invisible and, I guess, nonchalant. Like I said earlier, the difference between her and Mir was just huge from the eye test. So, yeah, I, I was kind of con- just... I'm concerned probably about her more than anyone else on this team because I feel pretty good that Kristen eventually figures it out. I feel pretty good that Liv and uh, Anna get there. I really don't know what's going on with Aubrey and if maybe there's an injury there kind of slowing her down or she just doesn't look very improved from last year. And Gino said that she's a thousand times better. She's not even two times better. I don't think so. I was expecting a lot more out of her. And if she doesn't improve dramatically, Mir and Aaliyah are going to surpass her on the depth chart. I think Aaliyah probably already has. Mir very easily could take all her minutes. So I, UConn is going to be a much better team if they have her. I don't know if they necessarily need her. But if you could have Mir and then Aubrey doing the same thing, that is a huge plus for UConn. So I think... They need to figure out how to get her going, at least to what she was doing last year, and then start working on the rest of her game, but at least get her back to the point where she used to be. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think her intensity and her game is just such a big part of her, like how she plays and her game. So not seeing that in these first two games is definitely concerning because without that, it's kind of like, well, what does she add? Not to be rough, but like, what does she add? Because that's what she's and she's been a spark off the bench. She just brings this intensity on defense and on the offensive glass that really puts them over the edge when they need it. And if you don't have that part of her game, it's, it doesn't help as much to have her on the court. So hopefully 
I don't know what's going on, but hopefully they figure it out quickly. Yeah, for sure. So they've got Creighton coming up on Thursday, December 17th, 6.30 p.m. tip on SNY at Gamble. What's one thing that you're going to be looking for tomorrow night? I think a big thing for me is the returners. Like, what do they bring? Does Olivia get a little bit better? Do we see more from Kristen and even Aubrey? Do we see more from Aubrey? Does Anna take a couple more shots? Kind of all those things that we've already talked about, but do they make some progress towards what we were kind of talking about you're looking for out of them? Okay, way to take like four different points. Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. I'll say that just can Paige continue this because she's been really good through two games, but she's still a freshman and – I think there's still going to be a point this season where she hits a rough patch. I don't think she's going to go wire to wire being an All-American the way Maya Moore was. So can she continue to be this good for UConn, continue to be the centerpiece of the offense when now Creighton has two games worth of tape to break her down and try and figure out a way to slow her down or stop her in the way that UMass Lowell definitely didn't, and even if they did, they weren't going to be able to. And even Seton Hall, I don't think, had a great opportunity to get a good scout on her. So I think Creighton will probably put a lot more attention on her than either Seton Hall or UMass Lowell did, and it'll be interesting to see how they, she responds there. Agreed. It'll be interesting to see kind of how she handles that pressure. I mean, she doesn't really seem to be phased by anything, so I don't necessarily think it's going to disrupt her all that much, but it'll be interesting to kind of see how she handles that. Drop a hot take for the game tomorrow, too. Let's see, hot take. Hmm. I feel like we're going to – I don't know if this is really a hot take, but we're going to see more minutes from Aliyah Edwards. I think her minutes are just going to keep climbing. Interesting. Okay. I am feeling a big game from Anna. I think I think she's played well enough throughout the first two games quietly where she's kind of settled her way in and is kind of getting back to – being in this offense. And I think she's going to hit her first couple threes tomorrow night and it's just going to go from there. I like it. I hope we see it. I would love to watch her like on hits like seven threes game. Those are always fun. <laughs> like when she's on, she doesn't miss. So yeah, especially like I remember the game she broke out last year. Was it Tulsa where she came up the court and was just like, give me the ball yeah. and buried a three immediately. Like when Anna's playing that well, it's very, very fun to watch. And I mean, I'm also thinking about that in the context of just the way the crowd gets excited about <laughs> just people hitting a million threes in a row, which is no longer a thing. Yeah. So still I'm sticking with that as my hat take. I like it. Uh, wrapping up with a couple news items. So because of the way that chasing perfection works tomorrow, inevitably, or at least Friday, there's going to be some scheduled news that comes out. So the Big East released the rest of its men's basketball schedule. That means that just because of how things work, I feel pretty good about the chances that the women's basketball entire rest of the season schedule gets released. So I'm sure we'll be talking about that next week. Some other news, the NCAA announced that the entire NCAA tournament is going to be at one site, probably in Texas slash San Antonio, where the Final Four is going to be held this year, which sucks because obviously UConn hosts at least two games every single year in the NCAA tournament. And then there's also 
usually two regional games nearby Albany was going to host this year. So we've been up there a handful of times the last few years. So you at least get four games kind of close to Connecticut where you can watch them before heading to the final four. And I think what it also means is just that there's probably not going to be people allowed in to the NCAA tournament, I would guess. I feel like it's going to be a bubble that's going to have media exclusively through Zoom. So that's going to suck, even though it makes sense, because the worst thing that could happen is if COVID disrupts the NCAA tournament. Well, not the worst thing that could happen, but basketball-wise. <laughs> yeah, I agreed. I hope that their announcement towards the going to the one site is a, also an announcement towards a bubble environment um, in that they're going to do it in the safest way possible so that COVID won't interrupt it, um, I think. I mean, it's a long way away still. I don't think the world's going to look that much better in March, but obviously it's certainly getting slightly, well, not yet, but with the vaccine news and stuff, things are starting to look a little bit better. So I feel like those plans are probably still in flux, but we'll see what happens. We're getting closer. People are actually getting the vaccine now. So fingers crossed that March will be better. We can only (laughs) hope. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Chasing Perfection. We'll be back next week, hopefully, with by that time, I think it'll be four games, right? Or is it three games? I think just three games, right? They'll have played four games, right? Or do you mean four more like games? Four more. It'll be oh, yeah. Sorry. Creighton and then Xavier and then Villanova to close up before Christmas, right? Right, right, right. Oh, it'll be a Christmas edition of Chasing Perfection next week. That's exciting. (laughs) We'll have to do something festive. (laughs) We'll have to make a Yukon wish list. There we go. So so start building that now. You can follow Megan on Twitter at Megan Gower. You can follow me on Twitter at Daniel V. Connolly. Make sure to read the Yukon blog and Stores Central for all, all our coverage of the team this season before and after games. Also read the UConn Women's Basketball Weekly and subscribe for your fix of the Huskies every Thursday. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast and let your fellow UConn fans know so that they can listen too. Any way that we can grow the show helps. So, Megan, anything else for us? Nothing for me. That'll do it. <laughs>